Welcome to the Broadcast Dialogue podcast, the show all about the media industry in Canada. This episode brought to you by Benstown. Download the Benstown plugin and bring the entire Benstown radio imaging library to your digital audio workstation in seconds. Learn more at MomentumMediaNetworks.com. To say the past year and a half has been tumultuous for Toronto not-for-profit station Jazz FM is an understatement. Longtime CEO Ross Porter resigned amidst employee complaints about toxic work culture. Several high-profile staff were released or left, and donors and advertisers followed. It all came to a head this past February with a successful bid to bring in a new board of directors. On this episode of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast, Lori Russell, the station's new vice president and managing director, on how Jazz FM is getting its groove back. Hi, my name is Lori Russell. I'm the Vice President Managing Director for Jazz FM 91 here in Toronto. I have enjoyed a 35-plus year career in the broadcast business, starting off in my early days as a media buyer and quickly moved into radio. I've sold national and I've sold local and I moved into various management roles in sales and started my career with Standard Broadcasting with uh, the Slate family and survived through two purchases of uh, Astral and Bell and then uh, had an aspiration to move on to be a general manager and I enjoyed a very um, interesting and successful career with Newcap Broadcasting, now Stingray, and uh, was able to go back to my roots and work with the good people at Boom 97.3 and Flow 93.5. Now I am here at Jazz FM 91 and I've just crossed the six-month mark following the, uh, the turnover of the board and management back in February of this year. You inherited a really challenging situation, Lori, when you came into your current role. Can you touch on what some of those challenges were? I think that, uh, you know, the, the, the press painted a really good picture of, you know, some of what the challenges were here from a financial perspective. But more importantly, I think it was a culture that, you know, from day one, you could definitely see that there was a need for some positivity put into the, the existing people that remained here with the radio station following the change of, of guard and management. And, you know, quickly it was, you know, re, rebuilding, you know, some broken relationships in the jazz community. And certainly that parlayed into a listener group who had, you know, seen what was going on, heard what was going on. But, but more importantly, it was for us to be able to repaint the picture to the existing people and to the community to say that, you know, to talk about the wonderful heritage that CGRT has over 70 years, we'll be celebrating this year, 70 years of of having this broadcast license and recognizing what a gem of a brand Jazz FM 91 uh, is. So that was early days was for for me to come in and, you know, look at all of the positive personal best that exist within the team and basically getting to business and, you know, painting a picture of what 
the the present and what the future looks like and trying to bury as much of what happened in the past and just get down to recognizing that we you know we have a very coveted signal here at 911 we have a very passionate and loyal listener group and it's not just in Toronto but it's certainly internationally and with our with our coverage area it was making sure that that listener group that we have was empowered with an understanding that we wanted to continue to do what we do in providing a great music palette for them to enjoy, but also to get back into doing what we do as part of our community license, which is to give back to the community. So tell me how you go about leading what's essentially a healing process for volunteers and current and former staff. Well, one of the things that we did from the first, you know, from the first couple of weeks was to, you know, for me, it was a new, it was obviously a new operation for me to learn, you know, not just what the radio station dynamics are, because we really are two businesses. We incur the same kind of cost structure as any other terrestrial radio station does here in Toronto but with one-third of the capability from a broadcast inventory perspective to sell to advertisers. So on the other side, from, a, from being a non-for-profit, you know, charitable radio station, for me it was learning about the dynamics of the donor members and what kind of platforms are positioned for us to deliver that, that donor relationship and encourage them to continue to spend money with the radio station because of what we give back and live-to-air performances and also for them to know that we are a very valuable part of the community and what we give back to music therapy, to education, to young students, to encourage them to get involved in music. So it was, it was really easy, you know, to go in and paint all things positive uh, and to look to the future and say, you know, this is, you know, it's going to take some rebuild, but there's a lot of benefit in rebuild in that I, you know, acknowledge that there was a lot of really talented people here that just hadn't maybe been given some bandwidth to do what they do best and to provide them with a certain amount of autonomy that all led to the initial goal was good radio, good hosts, storytelling, which is a big part of what we do in radio. It was enriching what we do in a very, very um, valuable uh, follower base, both in our newsletter and our Facebook, and doing what we need to do to promote further engagement with the listener. So was bringing back some of the station's former staff like Heather Bambrick part of that process? Yes, and I think, you know, from early days, uh, you know, obviously it's, it's tough to compare to the environment that I had before with a radio station that was run with full-time personalities in the studio. So, you know, to come in and know that the only, you know, live host was Brad Barker, you know, what we needed to do was, you know, identify that the midday time slot in any market in radio is a very, very special place for us to encourage that listener engagement and certainly looking at what Heather, you know, looking at the popular people who were with the radio station and we knew that there were some incredible followers there to those hosts. We had to sit down and say, okay, with with limited resources, 
where's our best place to spend money to make sure that we can, you know, put personalities in there that are going to do what we need to do, which is to embrace a listenership that missed hearing that person on air, but the person who could also, you know, fuel the strategic vision, which was entertainment and hosting capability. Heather is a fabulous host. And, you know, she's also a fabulous musician, but she also has a very energetic and inviting persona on air, which was really important for us from day one was to secure that position and uh, know that we could start increasing some new elements into that day part that could be handled by somebody who was in a live position in the studio versus voice tracking. I don't know if you can answer this question, Lori, but what's it like to walk into Jazz FM this month as opposed to last year? Oh, I think at the end of the day, you know, Jazz FM 91 has been an incredible brand in this market. From a selling perspective and having been on the streets for years and having salespeople who were selling against Jazz FM, we would have definitely promoted our advertisers to look at what Jazz FM 91 offers from a a demographic and psychographic perspective. So although not a top-ranked station in the market by numerous standards, uh, the niche and what they've represented in this market is, is significant. So, you know, there was a host of people that wanted to see the radio station thrive. And I would say walking into the doors today versus last year is what you will see as a very, you know, very much a renewed energy, a renewed focus, lots of laughter, lots of collaboration. And I think when musicians come in to perform live in our Long and McQuaid Performance Studio, uh, one of the things that we're credited for is definitely having a vibe. We're busy. We are incredibly busy with probably 50% of the staff that once used to walk through this building, but what we're doing is making sure that you know, we're, we're managing by expectations and we're also encouraging a lot of ideation around you know, looking at the things that, and the components of the radio station that were signature to the brand, but also making some very calculated changes and looking at how we can create some new dynamics that allow us to prosper and grow and engage new partnerships that are, you know, very much different than what we would have enjoyed, what the station would have enjoyed in the past. So listeners, donors, advertisers, they've all come back on board? There's been an, an incredible amount of repatriation of some of those lost relationships. So, you know, we're happy about that. And again, you know, our mandate when we talk to these people and, and rebuild this, the, the, the presence that they have on the station, not just on the station, but on site and online, you know, that's a three-point pillar that we're working towards is to really promote that further engagement. What we're doing is focusing on what we know we own in terms of a, a very valuable listener group and what we're able to give back in terms of, you know, creativity and brand building. So, yes, there's, there's been some very delightful conversations about, you know, hearing that the radio station has a renewed energy. 
What's been the most rewarding or surprising thing about this experience coming from your for-profit background? Because obviously, you know, community radio operates on a different philosophy. Is is your background serving you well in this role, and are you enjoying it, Lori? I'm, en- I'm enjoying it immensely, and, and yes, certainly, you know, I, I came from a very disciplined financial world working for, you know, some pretty big broadcasters. So, the and in my general manager role, understanding the nuances of, of programming and content and production values that keep the station sounding tight, knowing that at the end of the day, the music is tantamount to our success and understanding that we, you know, what does the face of our listener look like? What are the brand pillars that we need to you know, be constantly aware of with our on-air messaging. If we open the mic, what does our listener look like? To understand that, you know, my past experiences in music research and, you know, proprietary research that we would do on music testing and also what we would do on, you know, awareness of our brand and awareness of on our hosts to guide the hosts in a way that says, you know, you get to be the people that help listeners who may be stuck in their own definition of jazz, you get to tell them the story about, you know, Lady Gaga's inspiration from Tony Bennett and the new Jacob Colliers of the world, who is a a huge new jazz sensation out of the UK, who was sought after by, you know, Quincy Jones, and they wanted to connect and find out where he was getting his vibe from. So, to understand that the hosts play an important role of educating our listeners to be open-minded to new forms of jazz is critical for us to, you know, cast a wider net and to grow a bigger audience base, which is, you know, the, the goal of any radio station is what do we do? It, it goes hand in hand. The more listeners we can invite, the more we can monetize, hence more revenue into the operation that we can spend on people and on resources and on opportunities. But I can assure you that one of the strategic priorities that we have going forward is is maintaining a healthy and prosperous culture, which is our people and our community and our donor base. My next question was gonna be, what does the new board envision for Jazz FM's long-term future? You know, obviously for us to continue to be, you know, we are Canada's jazz station. We are the only 24-hour jazz radio station in Canada. The, the, The goal for all of us, the board and myself combined, is its prosperity, its ability to continue to drive loyalty, it's to continue to develop you know, an understanding of how the jazz palette can be quite diverse. If you look at our programming, we have, you know, a funk soul jazz show with Bill and Jesse King on Tuesdays. We have the New Orleans jazz on Friday nights with Ronnie Littlejohn. We have the blues show with Danny Marks, who's had a long-running history with the radio station, and we're providing him with more and more latitude to, you know, to play deeper into, you know, the blues genre. And then you go right back to a 43-year veteran of Glenn Woodcock, who hosts our big band show on Sunday nights and one of our, you know, numerous highest-rated shows. So 
the goal for all of us is to continue to be financially prosperous in a way that, uh, you know, that is aligned with what our charitable, charitable status is. But, you know, as I said earlier, the more money that we bring in the doors provides us to fill in the gaps that we currently see as part of our organization structure and affords us the opportunity to do more in event building that takes us outside of the radio station and into not just the streets of Toronto, but into Buffalo, where we have a massive following, and into other areas where our signal is strong, which is the rest of the Golden Triangle. So the Matt Dusk uh, performance that we're doing at Casa Loma was an intentional partnership with Nick DiDonato at the Liberty Group because we wanted the opportunity to provide what the jazz experience is like in the Castle Gardens. Uh, They've got a very successful night running on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, which is music and symphony and comedy. And, you know, we've been given the opportunity to do Thursday nights in the park, which allows us to reach a a, a whole new a new audience that perhaps currently don't listen to the radio station, but likely will after they have, or give us a try after they have this experience. So we sold out early with 800 tickets, and the phones won't st- haven't stopped ringing with people who you know are begging for the opportunity to buy tickets. So that combined with the social media that we've been able to get from not just our own social media and those who are resharing, but also that partnership with Casa Loma and the Liberty Group has provided us the opportunity to look at this as a marketing initiative that in the absence of having marketing dollars to spend on traditional media, these are the kinds of partnerships that are welcomed. And it was, you know, an easy conversation for for us to have with Nick to say, here's what we want to do and here's how we want to partner. So more and more opportunities like that keep coming our way because of what, you know, people are experiencing in terms of that positive presentation of content and music on the air. Anything else you want to touch on, Lori? I would just say that we're very excited to see what the future holds for us. We've got a lot of big plans. We've got a really well-defined strategic plan that has a host of tactics that will act as our critical path, and we have a fully engaged team who have really stepped up to the plate and are doing some new things that they weren't doing before, so there's a lot of excitement. Thanks for joining us, Lori. Oh, it's my pleasure. It's my pleasure, and thank you very much for the invite to tell our story. Thanks for listening to Broadcast Dialogue. For more information about the podcast or to receive exclusive access to our weekly briefing about the Canadian media industry, visit us at broadcastdialogue.com. Don't forget to like us on Facebook, connect with us on LinkedIn, and follow us on Twitter and SoundCloud. Looking to make the most out of this life and optimize your personal wellness? Then check out the Natural Man Podcast. Join me, host Mike C, as we explore all areas of human wellness, physical, mental, and emotional. Learn strategies to optimize your own well-being and be in the driver's seat of your own health. Remember, your doctor works for you. Learn biohacks, neurohacks, ways to improve sleep, and ways to optimize your body and your mind. Check us out on Apple, Spotify, the Fountain app, and at naturalmanpodcast.com.